Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. Night of Champions is finally upon us. The finals to crown the new world heavyweight champion will go down in a matter of hours from when you listen to this. And of course, I can't do it without my co-pilot, my tag partner for Monday Night Raw, Kevin Patrick. KP, how are you feeling today? I'm good, bud. But we were just talking and saying, like, what is time? What are dates these days? I mean, the, the premium live events are flying in. Uh, we had an epic show in, in Puerto Rico. Now we go to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and then on to London. We're in the midst of a wild time, buddy. No doubt about it. The machine does not slow down. It just moves on to the next. Before we kick things off and we dive into all things Night of Champions, uh, I just wanted to bring attention to some news that broke last week uh, with our recording schedules. We weren't able to speak to it as it happened. Uh, the sports entertainment industry lost a giant in superstar Billy Graham. And when you talk about somebody leaving a footprint, an indelible mark on any industry, particularly ours, you have to talk about superstar. We call our WWE superstars, our wrestlers superstars, as a bit of a nod to what Billy Graham brought to the game. He truly revolutionized the business and really took a, a major leap into evolving it into what we now know as sports entertainment. Superstar Billy Graham, truly a larger-than-life character. And you could sit here for an hour and name legends who have thanked Billy Graham or credited Billy Graham for their own careers and things that they have borrowed or outright stolen. And I'm talking Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, a legitimate who's who of this business, all tip their cap to the superstar Billy Graham. Uh, he will be you know, remembered forever. Obviously, Bruno San Martino was my dad's hero, but only because he had to topple the mountain that was superstar Billy Graham. I mean, that whole era of fans of WWE or beyond know and hold Billy Graham in such reverence. I had the opportunity to meet him when he did a book signing a few years back uh, in the Pittsburgh area. He was sweet as could be. Uh, I, I would have loved in his later years to sit down and actually pick his brain a little bit, knowing now uh, what I do about this business and what his influence truly was, but uh, he will be missed. So rest in power, superstar Billy Graham, one of the all time greats who will never, ever, ever be forgotten. Beautifully said. But KP, the show must go on, on to the next night of champions. Again, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, if you're listening to this as you should be Friday as it drops in audio form, uh, you will be among the most well-informed members of the WWE universe as we all enjoy what's going down, uh, to be perfectly honest, as you are hearing this. Corey Graves physically is in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, preparing <laughs> to call this epic showdown uh, a, a duel in the desert. The landscape has been shifting greatly, KP, over the past several months. Lots of changes. The draft uh, and, of course, the new World Heavyweight Championship. Monday Night Raw may look very different in the wake of this, but WWE as a whole, and, and let's just run down through the card. Uh, there's a lot to get to. I don't know if we're going to get to every single match, but just what's at top of mind right now. I think the most surprising matchup on the Night of Champions premium live event card has to be the tribal chief, the undisputed universal champion Roman Reigns and the enforcer Solo challenging for the undisputed tag team champions, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. This seemed like an opportunity that should have been given to the Usos. It seemed as though the Usos were expecting it. And Roman 
in his uh, never-ending effort to establish dominance over all aspects of the WWE universe. Flip the script. How do you see this one playing out, KP? Dude, there's so much to unpack here. There really is. From Roman Reigns basically shunning the Usos, talking about Afa and Sika as the greatest tag team of all time, he's actually put more pressure on himself here. And I wonder, has Roman really thought that through? You know, obviously he's going up with Solo Sokoa, the street champ. You expect that they're favorites, right? Which is a wild thing to say against the actual champions, the undisputed champions, Sami Zayn and KO. But it's Roman Reigns we're talking about and Solo Sokoa. So they've got to be favorites going in. And after the way they shunned the Usos, the pressure is mounting on, on Roman Reigns. The other angle in this match for me is the fans. Do the fans want Roman Reigns to become a tag team champion Solo Sokoa? I don't think so. I'm sure if you polled WWE fans all across the world, they'd be like, hell no. Reason number one, we love what KO and Sammy are doing. And reason number two, is Roman Reigns going to be defending that championship? Is he going to be back around WWE enough uh, to really make that impact that we want with these tag team championships? So, so much to unpack here, man. Where's your head at? I I understand that perspective that people are nervous about the prospect of Roman holding the tag team championships. Obviously, that's one of the reasons we ended up with the new world heavyweight champion we're about to crown. Seth Rollins spoke to it as much. Uh, Rollins wants to be a guy who's here every week, constantly defending the championship. Roman has taken on a role more similar to to that of a bygone era. Uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, superstar Billy Graham, Bruno San Martino. San Martino was champion for years and years and years, a record that will likely never be broken. But it was because... When the world champion came to town, it was a big deal. It was an attraction situation. I remember talking to my dad, and he still recollects vividly, about going to the Pittsburgh Civic Arena. And he would go, I believe, every month, every six weeks, something like that, when WWE would come to town. And you had a lot of your stars, but Bruno only came around once in a while. Bruno was must-see. You didn't miss the opportunity to see Bruno San Martino compete because you didn't know when you were going to get another chance, if you were going to get another chance. And Roman, uh, with this record-breaking reign in, or in the thousand-day territory, Roman is already establishing himself a, as that attraction. He has been. So I understand fans' perspective. But how cool is it, the idea that one guy can just hoard all the gold because he's that good, right? This is Roman who took the opportunity away from the Usos, who many believe, myself included, are the greatest tag team of all time. And Roman said, no, no. You might be, you might've thought you were, but I'm going to do what you can't do. So I'm going to say this KP, no matter how it shakes out. And I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm not selling Sammy and Kevin down the river because we've seen both Sammy and Kevin individually take Roman to the absolute limit. So maybe this is a magic situation. Maybe the stars have aligned where both Sammy and Kevin will get that catharsis of finally pinning the tribal chief, which would be a feel good moment for everybody. Conversely, I believe that if Roman Reigns and Solo capture the Undisputed Tag Team Championships tomorrow at Night of Champions, it is the final nail in the coffin of the bloodline. Why? And I'm because where else do the Usos go? I'm not saying it's the end of obviously Roman and Solo. They're going to be a force as a duo. I mean, obviously, Solo has grown into this role as the new right hand man of the tribal chief. Solo has Roman's trust. They might be the most formidable duo in Anawai family lineage. You know, Roman mentioned Afa and Sika. How can you say anybody's better than them? And then here come Jimmy and Jay and you go, all right, they're different. Maybe they are better. Oh, Roman and Solo. Who's going to beat the duo of those two? And you always say they're as, they're as deep as they are dangerous. 
Right. Well, that's true. They're going to have to wait for another cousin to, to grow yeah. up or, you know, finish wrestling school uh, before someone finally knocks off the tribal chief. But I think that if that happens, it's going to force the split of the bloodline. It's going to drive the wedge so deep because why did Jimmy and Jay Uso wake up in the morning? Yes, to do the bidding of the tribal chief, but ultimately it's because it's led to individual glory for them Correct. or glory for them as a tag team, right? You do right by the tribal chief. The tribal chief makes sure you are done right by. It's a very uh, family-oriented criminal oh, enterprise sort of setup. <laughs> but you I can wrong? imagine it, though, right? No, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa defending against Jimmy and Jey Uso? You kidding me? Like, that's box office. But that's what I'm saying. Do, but, do, yeah, but does it happen? Do Jimmy and Jay just resign themselves to go, well, we can't step up to Roman. We can't step up to our, our little brother. We're going to have to take them out. I mean, granted, we saw Jimmy and Jay fight each other. That was that was a bit surreal in and of itself. But look at what it led to. It all led to the development of the bloodline. Now, if Roman is hoarding all of the championships and Jimmy and Jay have nowhere else to go, what, do they go to NXT? Do they split and, and run individually? Do they just try to organize a trade and come to Raw where they don't have to interact? I don't know. There's a lot of questions to be answered, but I'm just saying – this could cause that that chasm within the bloodline that they've seemed to avoid fairly well to this point. We've seen cracks. We've seen hints that there could be turmoil, but I, I just don't see how it recovers. Yeah, no. And a couple of weeks ago on Raw, when, when Jey Uso said, oh, we apologize, excuse me, on SmackDown, there was something disingenuous about it. There was something about the way he did it that made me think, well, hang on a second. He's going to pick his moment a little bit better than this alongside Jimmy. So, but let's see how it plays out. That's one of the matches that I, I feel is, is by far and away the most unpredictable. The way Monday Night Raw ended with uh, we, just over a week ago with Sammy and KO and the walls closing in on that tag team duo as Gunther and Imperium stood there and Paul Heyman doing his nefarious negotiations with the Judgment Day again. Th that's the sort of thing that we can expect to see because the tag team division is stacked. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. If nothing else, it gave us reason to be excited about the future of a tag team division. Uh, it, it appears, obviously, as though the undisputed champions will float between Raw and SmackDown. But, man, you've got the Judgment Day. You've got Imperium in the mix. You've got Indashir, who we'll be hearing from Jinder Mahal in a matter of moments. Want to talk to him about that. Uh, the, the tag team division looks very healthy, as healthy as it's been in a while. So you almost don't want to see the titles sort of evaporate even temporarily because the tribal chief and solo are holding on to them. Or does that, is that what it takes to see Roman more frequently? Exactly. You can't exactly. leave solo out on his own as a tag team champion. Do we see more Roman if they capture the titles tomorrow night? I, I don't know. I hope so. It, it could, I mean, it if could that, go if either way. Case, if that's the case and they win, give me more Roman Reigns. Every single WWE fan wants more Roman Reigns because he's that good and that box office. But Paul Heyman said it himself not so long ago on SmackDown. He said, Roman Reigns, he doesn't compete on SmackDown. You're going to see him at the highest level, right? So you just, you're left wanting more with the Tribal Chief. I couldn't agree more. Uh, but I will, however, draw a comparison to somebody else who luckily... I have been able to see a little more of, and I am enjoying greatly that being the intercontinental champion, Gunther, who will defend his title against Mustafa Ali at Night of Champions. KP, listen, you know I'm a big fan of Mustafa Ali as a human Likewise. being, as a competitor. I can't remember being as big of a fan of anybody to step in a ring as I am Gunther these days. Is there any chance? Does, does Mustafa Ali have the proverbial snowball's chance? 
against the ring general? Of course he does. Listen, what chance would you have given Mustafa Ali when we looked at the field of competitors in that battle royal with Gunther watching on? I didn't pick Ali. I don't know if Ali was in my top five or six. When you've got a guy like Bronson Reed, when you've got Riddle and the momentum that he's had of late on Monday Night Raw, there's something special about Ali right now that's making me believe. It's making me buy in. It's making me want to be along for the ride with this positive nature that he's got going on. And I don't know how genuine that is. Sometimes I doubt it. Sometimes I wonder, is he being a little bit of a bollocks, as we'd say over in Ireland, just winding people up? But I don't know, man. I, I think he's so rapid. He's so quick. Gunther's total opposite type of, of wrestler to Mustafa Ali. So something maybe spectacular for Mustafa Ali in front of a crowd that will have his back in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I, I'm, I'm, giving him a, I'm giving him a little bit of a chance here, but I don't know if you are. I admire that Irish optimism, KP. <laughs> I admire it. I'm sure Ali does as well. Again, I'm, not, I, 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 I'm saying this with as much respect as I possibly can while saying, you got no chance, dude. Gunther. <laughs> Gunther, Gunther. I mean, have we seen what the ring general is capable of? Yes, we have. And yes, we love to watch it. And hey, who knows? Maybe Ali will shock the world. It's happened before. And stranger things have happened in this industry, in this business. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And KP, we, we made it official on Monday Night Raw with the contract signing. Trish Stratus, one-on-one with the man, Becky Lynch. There are no championships on the line in this particular matchup. Just a lot of pride. This thing has gotten very deeply personal over the past several weeks. Do you see this playing out one way or another? Yeah, I do. I think Becky's going to smash Trish. Because you don't go insulting Becky Lynch's daughter. Stop pandering to your people. Yes, I am. Go on, Ireland. I'm serious. You don't do what what Trish Stratus did. And that's go after the two-year-old. Like, of all things you could do in the week of Mother's Day, Trish, and I get it. Thank you, Trish. You're a mother too. But my God, you don't anger the man like that. And Becky Lynch looked, she looked physically great when she stepped in the ring and she smashed Trish. Um, The contract signing now, it's official. I don't know, man. I, I just have a funny feeling that Becky Lynch has a statement to make in Jeddah. Well, history's taught us you can never, ever bet against Becky Lynch. I mean, this is the man we're talking about, the woman who won the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, Lynch knows how to get it done in big fight scenarios, but Trish is a Hall of Famer. And what I've noticed about Trish is her uh, her ability. I'm loving this version of Trish Stratus we're seeing right now. Talk about a career renaissance. It seemed as though she was going to come back for a cup of coffee, as superstars often do, and it's a feel-good nostalgia moment, and it's, okay, on to the next. Trish seems like she's digging her heels in. I mean, Trish told us on this very podcast that she's got a lot of unfinished business. She thinks she has what it takes to have another run in her. And it might have seemed like a wild claim a few weeks back, but watching Trish's command of the WWE universe when she stands in the ring so confidently and the fact that she is brazen enough to say these deeply insulting things to Becky Lynch really paints Trish to me in a new light. She was a rule breaker in the past, but then she just became so wildly popular. People were just excited to see her. That sort of luster seems to have worn off a little bit. It's no longer the welcome back. It's people are looking at Trish as a, as a legitimate WWE superstar again, who obviously is in the physical condition she needs to be to have this success. She's really doing some of her best work, in my opinion. Gravy, let me ask you. What's more challenging, the physical aspect of being back in after being a decade or so away or the commanding of the WWE universe as Trish has done so successfully? I I couldn't tell you with any degree of honesty or certainty. I mean, we've seen superstars have long layoffs and come back and and be a shell of themselves, but that's not the case with Trish. 
even in, back at WrestleMania, we, we saw that Trish has what it takes to still go physically inside the ring and at least hang with Becky Lynch. I mean, Becky may come out house of fire in Jeddah and just make short, quick, painful work of the hall of famer, but something about what Trish is doing right now. And I don't know, I don't know any further than, than anybody on this podcast or, or in the production crew. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know where this goes after night of champions, but I happen to think uh, there's a place for Trish Stratus in this era to really help grow the women's division on Monday night raw. I mean, we drafted her. We spent a draft pick on Trish Stratus. You don't spend a draft pick for a, a once in a blue moon superstar, uh, save a, a Roman Reigns type. But Trish it has been drafted to Monday Night Raw. She's on the roster as a member of the women's division. I don't know that Trish doesn't shock everybody and beat Becky Lynch at Night of Champions. See, you're biased now. I'm not. You're biased. I, I'm not. You're, I'm not you're, no, no. You're, 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 you're like Trish's secretary tweeting for her and everything at ringside. Hey, hey, when a Hall of Famer, particularly <laughs> Trish Stratus, demands you to do Anything, KP? I would have dropped my phone. I would have been so nervous. I would have been like this. Oh, Trish, of course. I'll do anything for you, babe. Yeah, exactly. See, and I held held it together (laughs) because I'm a GD professional, KP. In the heat of the moment, when most common men would have crumbled under the pressure and the gaze, the, the enchanting gaze of Trish Stratus as she commands them to do anything. There are people that literally dream about this stuff, KP. Of course. And old CG in the heat of the moment... Like, like a master Instagram husband. I've got practice. You do, but you still, it was, it was, it was classic, man. I'll say it again. Old man gravy. With, you went like this. I, <laughs> I had to do the, the, the Michael Cole <laughs> selfie mode where you look like you're trying to solve algebra while looking at the camera. Oh man. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be fun. And I think, I think this one low key has a chance to, to steal the show and have a lot of people buzzing in the wake of Night of Champions. Well, well, because, because think about who we're talking about here, right? And, and everything that Trish represents, the legacy involved for Trish Stratus here, Becky Lynch and her legacy too. These two, they're going to burn the house down, man. They're going to have a brilliant match uh, and we're all going to be captivated by what we're going to see. I, I've just been, I've been so impressed. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm half saying it in jest about Becky Lynch going out to smash her. Trish Stratus has been so impressive since returning um to see her presence even backstage to see people approach Trish Stratus and ask for advice and just the way she carries herself and the confidence and charisma that she has as well it's been really cool to see man I agree and I I for one am not tired of seeing it I think uh, we could use a little more of it in the future regardless of how things shake out Saturday WWE on Peacock Night of Champions it starts at 1 p.m eastern so if you're home Saturday Set your reminder. You like to watch this as it happens. Or, of course, the beauty of on-demand. We can watch it uh, whenever we so choose. But I want to be parked firmly on the couch. If I am a fan, I will be parked firmly next to Michael Cole in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. But I want to be seated and fully invested when we watch them run it back. And when I say them, I am referring to the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, and the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Listen, I, we, we've had another week to marinate on and to think about it, to see how things are going to shake out. I think Cody might have poked the wrong bear in this instance. It's, it's a difficult one. You know that because there's a sense with Cody Rhodes that I have gravy that there's just a pressure on him to succeed and do whatever it takes to be quote unquote successful and, and finish that story that we talk about so often. But you're right. This is the base Brock Lesnar with 
a broken up face from the match in Puerto Rico at Backlash. And now he's angered. And, and, and when we saw the venom in the eyes of Brock Lesnar, as he, as he had Cody Rhodes, he had the life of Cody Rhodes in his arms. And he said, I want to talk about me. You could tell there was something that's been unleashed about the beast here. That, that's the, this isn't safe. So be careful. Genuinely, ringside, Brock Lesnar's capable of doing anything. Uh, in that moment, I said it on after the bell too. Like Security were pushing back the fans that were very close to Brock Lesnar. Um, this is a beast unleashed, uncaged, ready to go for what he calls a fight against Cody Rhodes, who survived the last day. And even if he quote, like quote unquote survives again, this is a, a beast that's a free agent that will continue to hunt Cody Rhodes. And I don't know if it's a good idea. I'm right there with you. I just know that Brock Lesnar makes a boatload of money each and every time he makes the long trip to Saudi Arabia. Brock's not going to worry about being fined by WWE officials. Brock's not going to worry about some, hell, I I don't know how the laws work over there, but what would be considered a misdemeanor assault, we get to do it right in the ring. Brock Lesnar had fire in his eyes, the likes of which I don't know that we've seen before. And again, I'm enjoying everything about Cody Rhodes in WWE on Monday Night Raw. The future is bright, and I firmly place Cody at the forefront of the charge of the future of this, this game, of this company, of this business. But I think Cody might've stepped in it. I think he's, he's overmatched. He is. If Cody leaves Saudi Arabia, it's not going to be walking on his own two feet. You know, after Monday night raw, I was left thinking something about Cody here. I'd love to run it by you that is there this overburdening? Is there this pressure that, that he has placed on himself and himself only? No one else is doing this. That may be of detriment to Cody. You know, I'm sitting ringside getting ready for Raw and someone made a comment about Cody's suit. And Cody will wear the most beautiful custom suit and he'll wear it out to rehearsals. And then he'll wear the most beautiful custom suit that looks totally different on the show. Cody looks like a champion everywhere he goes. I'd imagine if he goes down to his local Starbucks for a coffee, he looks like a champion. He talked about that. He talked about what he wears and how he needs to become something and that he's not there yet. With this story that we continue to talk about with Cody Rhodes, do you feel it could be of detriment to Cody at any point or do you feel it's a benefit and it continues to drive him forward? I think Brock Lesnar will be the biggest detriment to Cody Rhodes that Cody has encountered thus far in his career, despite Cody picking up the win at Backlash. But I I think, listen, in life, there's the old adage about pressure will make you crumble or will turn you into a diamond. And Cody has thrived in this new role. And I think this is what Cody wants. You know, we've heard Cody speak about how, yes, he's got all the reverence in the world and the respect that he should have for his legendary father of the American dream, but this is Cody's chance to really forge his own legacy, not just have a couple great matches, not just have a memorable night with Seth Rollins and hell in a cell, but to be viewed in the same light as these top tier superstars. Everybody in the world knows what Cody did while Cody left WWE, but to come back here, Cody, he was able to negotiate, right? Cody held some pretty strong cards. So Cody is getting what he wants to be back here and be a part of the WWE machine, right? Cody Rhodes is a bus guy these days. I'm sure his bank account looks very healthy, but that's all adding to the pressure that Cody wants on his shoulders because Cody is becoming, he is in the process of becoming and being viewed by the WWE universe as the diamond. So the more pressure 
that you're putting on Cody, the more obstacles he has to overcome, the bigger his star becomes, the, the brighter his star burns. And the perception, which is so important that we discuss, and Cody's done a fantastic job thus far of establishing himself and explaining who he is and what makes him tick to the fans. The fans are believing. I mean, the fans have been hooked. We, we take it. Look back at WrestleMania. We talk about it all the time. 80,000 people's heart broke simultaneously because they already believe. But Cody is stacking the deck almost against himself so that he can figure out what he's made of, so he can tap into what he needs to have to be viewed as a top guy in this business and hopefully finish his story someday and capture the championship he so desires. It can be a dangerous game, though, because you can let your heart dictate what goes on in your head. You can let emotion get in the way. You see Roman Reigns and just how calculated Roman is, and he has that luxury, right? He has that luxury of being champion now for almost a thousand days. So with Cody, I hope it doesn't backfire in a spectacular way, because that's something the Beast would absolutely love, is to rip him limb from limb and tear Cody Rhodes apart. We still don't know why, but it's what Brock Lesnar does, going back to the, the scorpion and the frog fable that Cody spoke about on Raw. It's just what Brock Lesnar does and what he will continue to do. Oh, I'm certainly hoping for the best as pertains to the health of the American Nightmare. And I know where Cody would rather be if he'd had his druthers. And it is directly because Brock Lesnar prevented it from happening that Cody is not where he would like to be. That being in the finals of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament Seth freaking Rollins, the phenomenal AJ Styles. There is nothing left to be said about these two that hasn't been said a thousand times over. They are respected. They are viewed as champions. They are two of the, the gentlemen that I would credit with keeping the ship afloat. They are two of the most reliable, uh, decorated superstars in WWE. Two bona fide, surefire future Hall of Famers who both still have plenty of tread left on the tires. I hate to pick this. I've sat down with Seth Rollins and, and discussed Seth's point of view. We've seen on raw over the past several weeks, AJ styles. I have an incredible amount of respect for, I I've known AJ back to my days on the independence. He was one of the first big star guys on the Indies. If you can call it that, uh, who looked out for me and, and sort of showed me the ropes and taught me a lot. And, and I think so highly of both of these guys, I won't be disappointed either way. But I just want to figure, I want to look across the landscape and, and maybe compare and contrast how this goes. The first one being, the World Heavyweight Championship is exclusive to Monday Night Raw. So if AJ Styles wins, AJ's coming to Monday Night Raw. That in and of itself, KP, is almost reason enough for me to root against Seth just this once. Exactly. Because we got another shiny new toy, another generational talent to populate the Monday Night Raw roster. Nobody loses in that. I mean, Seth, I'm sure, would be a little upset. But if AJ comes to Raw, Seth can earn another opportunity. But think of the matchups, KP. Run, run Seth and, and AJ back as many times as you want. I'll watch that 365 days a year. These two guys are just that brilliant inside the ring and have that deep of a connection with the fans. It's fun. But AJ Styles and Gunther, AJ Styles and Cody Rhodes. Let's say Cody gets past Brock. We know Cody's history with Seth, but there's some history that uh, on a bit more of a global scale regarding AJ and, Co and Cody that didn't take place in WWE, but it's nonetheless still very, very important history in the business. There are so many fun ways to, to imagine what Raw looks like 
if AJ Styles comes back with World Heavyweight Championship gold around his waist? Sure, but can I throw the laziest question in the world at you? And I want to elaborate on it. Who wants it more? Okay. And the reason I bring that up is Seth freaking Rollins is by far, and I'm not saying AJ doesn't want it. AJ's returning from injury. AJ spent months on the sidelines where he's openly said it was killing him. Being back in, you know, Gainesville, Georgia, when he's just bursting to be inside that squared circle. Seth freaking Rollins is a different case study for me. Seth Rollins, you know him so well coming through the ranks with Seth. He is now operating at his operatic high note, right? Seth's also at his peak age. And I would, I would uh, tell me if I'm wrong on this. And you can continue to go until your late 40s, early 50s and be, be absolutely sensational in the ring. But Seth is 36 years of age. And, and he's at an age where he's, he's not only operating at his operatic high note on the microphone, but in ring, he's just been out of this world. Seth's also come at a time when Roman Reigns has dominated for almost a thousand days now. So that has to be burning away at Seth, knowing that I maybe I'm going to miss my mark here on being the guy through this generation because of that guy, the guy that I shared all that limelight with, with the shield. It has to be burning away at Seth, and I know it is. And it also burns away at Seth when you and I are on commentary. You know, last year, late last year, Seth wins his first individual um, title in over 900 days, and we talk about how that doesn't really affect Seth, and he's still at the top of the game. But deep down inside, you know that wins and losses count for superstars, and you want to become a champion. And now this is the world heavyweight champion, and it's become available at a time when you can leave Roman off and you can leave Roman do his own thing, and it's available to Seth freaking Rollins, who was drafted to Raw. Seth wants this more than anybody on planet Earth right now. And I guarantee you, Seth is going in there thinking, this is me. This is my moment. This is my chance to become a champion for a long time to come. I don't want to say you're wrong because I don't completely disagree with you. But to your point about how well I know Seth and sitting down with Seth, as everybody got to see over the past several Mondays, And again, there's a lot left on the cutting room floor that I hope someday sees the light of day because I think there was some real gold that was spun in that room that day. Yes, Seth wants to be the new world heavyweight champion as much as anything in the business. But there's something in Seth, the man, who still wants Roman's championship. It's not that it's the undisputed universal championship. It's not that one championship is better than the other. It's that Roman has something that Seth wants that Seth has not been able to capture. I feel as though there's always, if Seth wins Saturday at night of champions, which he very well may, no one's going to be disappointed. I want, we're we're going to have the the world heavyweight championship on Monday night. Raw Seth Rollins is going to be on raw regardless. You know, he would love to be the dude. And he is the dude in my opinion, who has shoulders broad enough to carry and elevate that championship to the heights that it's perceived as we spoke about several weeks back on the same level as Roman's championship. I believe AJ Styles is just as capable of doing that very thing. And I believe that AJ in his later years in this business still wants to, he's still got tread left on the tires. AJ knows. Yeah. Maybe my window's closing. Maybe I'm not going to be a top guy for another 10 years, but I'm going to make the hell out of these last few years. AJ would love to pad his resume. We already talked. He's definitely a a future Hall of Famer. AJ would love to pad his resume with being the new world heavyweight champion. And AJ could elevate and make everybody work and produce classic matches. They are, from a skill set to me, one and one A. Seth Rollins and 
AJ Styles. Nobody in the WWE universe loses no matter who wins at Night of Champions. I just wonder if for as focused and stellar as Rollins has been over the last year, if Seth's ultimate focus isn't skewed just a little bit too far in the direction of the tribal chief. That, if anything, will be Seth Rollins' downfall because AJ Styles, the consummate pro, the veteran, will wait for Rollins to make one tiny mistake and Styles will capitalize and AJ will be the world heavyweight champion on Monday Night Raw. Do you think he brings the OC with him? I don't know how that works. What are the draft rules? <laughs> this, is why, this is why you're the best at what you do. Seriously, what you've just said, you've totally and utterly convinced me across to your side of the conversation, which I get. I, I just, I, there's a part of me that, you know, when you hear burn it down and Seth Rollins and everything that comes with that, the one thing that's missing is a really long run as the guy, right? Right now at his, at his peak. And I, I kind of want that for Seth, you know, because I feel he deserves it. I feel like he's just, he's had everybody eaten out of his palm for so long. And he's entertained and, he, and he's, he's given us so many thrilling moments that Seth Rollins, for me, is the guy. We, we both had him as our number one draft pick when we did our mock draft here on ATB. You know, that's how important he is for you and I. And I know he is for the WWE Universe. To borrow a quote from the Spider-Man comics, with great power comes great responsibility. And there will no doubt be a great deal of responsibility for whomever captures the new World Heavyweight Championship. And here to shed a little more light on what it means to be a top-level champion in WWE and perhaps a little behind-the-curtain information on one of the most dominant tag teams we've seen in WWE in recent history in Desheer, please welcome Jinder Mahal. Jinder, first things first, we appreciate your time. Thanks for hanging out with us here on ATB. Kevin and I were just discussing about how we are ready to crown a new world heavyweight champion at Night of Champions in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And as a man who is a former WWE champion, I figured you would be pretty well equipped to speak to the responsibility that comes with being a top champion in WWE. Yeah, definitely. So actually what you see on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown is the tip of the iceberg. So much goes uh, into being a champion. There's media um there's uh appearances not just that you're constantly promoting and you're constantly representing the brand that is wwe you are the face of wwe as a champion uh and not only that the pressure that you put on yourself to constantly perform you constantly have to main event events ple's monday night raw smackdown just that just that pressure alone it's uh, a <laughs> It, it, it's not easy, that's for sure. So a lot goes in uh, into being a champion. A lot of people don't realize that being a champion is a huge, huge responsibility. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Crown, exactly. But I have to ask you about the positive sides too as well. Jinder, you're a guy who worked your way up through this industry, ultimately captured the World Heavyweight Championship from Randy freaking Orton, by the way. <laughs> that's a nice little feather in your cap. Uh, give Talk about some of the, the benefits of being WWE champion this day and age. Yeah, the benefits are huge. Uh, and for myself personally, 10 months before I became WWE champion, I was an independent wrestler. I had got released from WWE in 2014. I wasn't even with WWE. I had came back. Um, I had came back during the brand split. They had reintroduced the separate rosters for Raw and SmackDown. And actually, 
I had just come back just to kind of fill a roster space. I was ready for television. There were a guy that I could throw on and make the other guys look good. But just just knowing um, <laughs> what I had gone through with being released and having all those regrets and knowing that if I have if I ever had another opportunity, I was going to knock it out of the ballpark. I was going to give it my all. I wasn't going to compromise with myself, with my training, with my discipline, with my self-belief. So I just gave it my all and became WWE champion 10 months later. I don't think that's ever happened before where someone was released and came back. And within that short of a time span, completely changed, reinvented myself, just the confidence, uh, the swagger, everything, the sing bros, the, the entire package, the presentation. Yeah, I really transformed myself into a champion. And that's and that's what you have to do. You have to become the champion before you become the champion. Elaborate a little bit more on that. I mean, you talked briefly about getting yourself into amazing physical shape and reinventing yourself. You you like everybody in WWE occupy the same locker room as a lot of guys and girls who will never sniff the top of the mountain. What was it that you did internally or consciously to separate yourself from the pack to allow you to to break through to that next level? Yeah, a lot of it was just working on uh, the mental aspects of the game. I, I never had done this before where I read like, uh, like motivation books or, uh, listened to podcasts and just on, on YouTube. Like, um, when I, when I trained, I would have like CT Fletcher. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him. Oh, yeah. I'd have yeah. CT, I would have CT Fletcher in my headphones and I'd just be, you know, just lightweight. <laughs> yeah. Lightweight. Yeah. Command you to grow. And, uh, I just really worked on my, my mental space. And I think that's, that's kind of, it's not mentioned enough. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, WWE, I'm just going to work really hard. And, um, you know, when things aren't going your way, unless you really work on, on like your mental headspace, you're going to get down. And when you're down, you become unmotivated. But I just learned that like no one stays down forever and, and, um, you work hard and you believe in yourself. That's the main thing. If you believe in yourself, anything is possible. And really, unless you believe in yourself, you see yourself as a champion, you're not going to become a champion in WWE. Uh, it, people can see right through it. You won't have that confidence. It's that's a the, the major part of the game. I think that's neglected is is the mental uh, the mental training. Stop building that mental. Keep it yeah. going. Jenner. I'm ready to run through a wall right now. You got me, me too, all fired up. <laughs> we, we don't we don't talk about this enough, and I, I'm not sure that many superstars have this same mentality when it comes to that. You, you mentioned becoming yeah. a champion before you're actually champion. I mean, in life though, until you you know you don't know what it's like getting on a plane before you get on a plane, or, or getting with a girl. Anything in life until you experience it, you don't I know. I promise, what it's KP, like. it's awesome. It's awesome. It's great. Is it one day? That's the goal. One day. But, but you know what I mean? Like, so, so for you to try and prepare mentally to be a champion, sure, I get it. Like you can listen to all the podcasts in the world, but then you're standing in the middle of that squared circle and the watching world representing a billion and a half people in India. Like talk about the magnitude of that and the pressure of that. Uh, like you can train all you want, Jinder, but then you're in that moment. You've got to deliver, right? Exactly, exactly. So along with the self-belief in yourself, working on your mental, uh, you know, your mental strength, that transitions into your work ethic. So like I'm training in the gym very, very hard. I'm dieting and everything. And I'm, and I'm on live events every week and every week I'm, I want to get better and better. I want to learn something new every single week. So when I, uh, when I got to that point, um, uh, 
that's kind of where confidence comes from. It's not just, just believing in yourself. It's knowing that you've done all the steps kind of to get you there. You, I was at that time, I, I was firing on all cylinders and, and it really showed when I came out and I had, I had like a lot of confidence and everything. That wasn't me like a year prior or two years prior or when I'm in three MB. That's a, that's a completely different person. It's, it's even unfair to even compare the two. Uh, <laughs> like I feel that was like, that's not even me. I, I, I watched myself from that time and, uh, I hear myself speak and I see the, the lack of confidence and just someone who's making excuses and just maybe just coasting by, just happy just to be on the roster and being a WWE superstar. But yeah, definitely. So yes, exactly. You got to do the work. It's not just the believing in yourself where you can have all the motive, all the motivation in the world. But unless, you know, you're, you're putting in the effort, you know, you, you won't get the results. I actually do tell a lot of guys in the back too, new or new superstars, guys that are coming up, are guys that kind of careers, uh, you know, they're they're um, in the valley. It's all about peaks and valleys, like the 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 mental, <laughs> like the mental toll being a WWE superstar takes on you. No one ever talks about this. Like the highs are high, and when it's low, it's super super low. Like it's it's a roller coaster of a ride. You feel so many emotions. One day you're the king of the world, and the next you're like, oh man, like you don't even want to show your face anymore. It's it's a crazy it's a crazy business, but we all love it. <laughs> Absolutely, do despite our best interests. <laughs> your your pal Ryan Holiday would dissect this conversation right now. He'd really enjoy it, wouldn't he? <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jinder, a moment always stands out to me. I was in Manchester the night that you lost the WWE championship to AJ Styles. And it was the end of the night on SmackDown. So obviously you went back through the gorilla position. And as an announcer, I was not too far behind you. And when I walked through the curtain, you were stood in gorilla and you were thanking everybody. You were grateful. You were expressing this unbelievable amount of gratitude in a moment where you could have been crushed to your point, it could have been the, the Valley. You were just WWE champion and now it's gone. But in that moment, you were so openly grateful for the opportunity to live that life for even a short period of time. What did that mean to you when it all came to a close? When, when you look back in hindsight, what did that mean to you as a man and for your career? Yeah. Having privilege to carry the WWE championship for the six months that I did, change the trajectory of my life forever. May, maybe even change the lives of like a future gender, maybe even my kids, I, I would say definitely. So just expressing gratitude. And again, as you mentioned, I could have had like a, I could, I could have saw it as a negative thing, but it just kind of made me hungry. Like, I, like I'm going to become WWE champion again or a champion again, or, or I'm just going to keep, you know, excelling in, in my professional life and my personal life, like mindset wise, work ethic wise, like, um, <laughs> and not only that, like earlier I had mentioned the stress and, uh, you know, all that pressure and everything. So you get to breathe uh, in a way yeah, you get to breathe just a little bit. Like I get to enjoy some desserts tonight, you know, even something like that. <laughs> and, uh, no, just expressing gratitude because so very few of us get the opportunity to become WWE champion. You know, we all have that dream. Like in, uh, I'll tell you guys a story and I've shared this before in 1997 during the Calgary stampede, I seen Bret Hart from like, a hundred meters away, uh, in 1997, he was WWE champion at that time. 20 years later, I was WWE champion 2017. So like, like I, as I see cool, the man. championship from like far, far away and I knew that somehow 
I need that champion. Like I want to be a champion. Like that moment inspired me and motivated me. And it took 20 years later. So just having a lot of gratitude and, um, just belief in myself that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep growing. And, uh, you know, this is just the beginning of, of many great things to come. Isn't that wild that you literally captured a dream? You can pinpoint the moment that you stepped into the position that you dreamed of being in. And, and I think a lot of us lose that perspective, or at least from time to time within WWE, we are doing what our heroes did. We are them. But yet for some reason, we still look back at it as like with that, that reverence of, oh, it used to be, it was always better than it was always better back then. I remember growing up and here you are in that position. I think it's very important for all of us to your point earlier, to step back and sort of look at the grand scheme of things and realize, Hey, yeah, we're on the TV shows that made us want to do this to begin with. We've done that. There's, there's a level of success just by walking in the door. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, I actually shared this analogy with, with someone in NXT, uh, when I was there a few months ago, they, they, they've been there for a long time and they were like kind of really down. I was like, you're, you're at the last level, but the last level is the hardest. Like you, <laughs> the last level is the hardest. You're at the last level. Like you, you, you played the game, you know, this far you've come to the last level and now you want to quit. Like, but after you beat this level, then, you know, you've beaten the game and there's on to it. Then you're on to the next hard, bigger game. Right. But like you're at the last level, like this is meant to be the hardest. This is meant to challenge you the most. This is meant to test you the most, but you pass this and you know, you've beaten the game, the NXT game. <laughs> right. Right. We, we just begin a whole new game after that one. Exactly. But, uh, so we, we mentioned your, your past with AJ Styles. It was in NXT where you were in the finals to crown the first ever NXT champion where you came up short, you were defeated by Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, what has it been like for you to get to spend some time back at NXT as you have for the last few months uh, within this year prior to them arriving back on Monday Night Raw? Yeah, it was incredible just being around that young energy again, young, motivated uh, superstars. You know, it inspired me. Like It, it pushed me in a way. Uh, just seeing these young, young people, they're full of hopes and dreams and, and aspirations and everything because kind of we get a little bit grizzled and like, ah, like grumpy, you know, it does happen. It does happen. So yeah, just, uh, I felt like reinvigorated and then being around the Indus share, like those two guys are, are mega, mega stars in, in my eyes. Like they can do everything. Like they have every aspect of the game down from look to persona to like Veer's ex explosive, powerful moves. Sangha's just a mountain, just, you know, so powerful and calculated, like those two are incredible and it excites me just, just standing ringside and watching those guys are tag teaming with them when the, when, when the time comes or having those guys, you know, have, having my back when it's my turn in the ring. So yeah, it was, it was incredible. And, uh, I got to, I, you know what? I learned a lot. I worked with like Terry Taylor and Shawn Michaels and uh, all the great coaches there were. It's impossible not to walk into that performance center and not at least absorb something via osmosis with all the minds that you're surrounded by. Exactly. Yeah. But you say that graves, but you're, you're, you're a former WWE champion gender, you know, you're a former WWE champion and you have to show humility in, in you're in NXT yet. You're still here telling us that you learn so much. Yeah. I have no ego. And I think maybe that's, part of the reason why I've been semi-successful and in some people's eyes are, you know, I've reached a certain level of success. I think because of that, like I, I, I try not to have an ego. We all have egos and, you know, having an ego is not necessarily a bad thing. You need a certain Especially level. Especially in this business, yeah, you need a little bit. You, you need a little bit, but there's a fine line between, you know, 
too much ego and, and just enough to where you're confident in your abilities and in yourself and you know you can um you can uh position yourself in 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 a way that's you know beneficial not to yourself but now i have the industry share so you know i'm hoping not i'm hoping i know that we're gonna we're gonna dominate monday night raw the way you've been talking about Veer and Sanga, right? It, it brings me back to conversations I've had with Veer and his mentality and the way he's working on himself all the time as well. How much have they been leaning on you as a former WWE champ and all the experience that you have to take them to the next level? Um, <laughs> they, they've done a lot of work themselves also, like working on their uh, their presentation, right? Their physiques, their, they they've been at the performance center for a few years, like working very, very hard. And I'm kind of glad they weren't rushed to like, we saw some early glimpses of year, but the, but the, but the package of Indus share, like I, I'm glad it wasn't, it wasn't rushed. Like it's where it is right now. It's perfect. Like we're, we're ready for the main stage. And I think I compliment them very well. Uh, and, and yes, yes, they can lean on me. It's questions or when it comes time to, um, you know, even even for promos or something, anything, just blocking, like the position we're going to stand at in the ring, everything, like the, all these small things that they, 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 you know, that uh, these small things make a big difference. And uh, just just navigating the backstage, because as you guys know, <laughs> whatever happens backstage is, 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 you know, often reflects of is a reflection of, of what you see on TV. So just navigating the backstage and, you know, just just showing them like um the ropes backstage and how, how to treat people and they're 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 awesome but you know just it's a little bit easier when you have someone to, to help navigate you how cool is it to be in a position now where you're featured on monday night raw you obviously as a former wwe champion but alongside indus here to, to represent the indian culture obviously it's huge all around the globe wwe is constantly breaking in new markets and, and trying to reach out to new uh, aspects of fan groups. What does it mean to you to, to be representative of that in your heritage? Yeah, it's incredible. I love it. Obviously, uh, WWE prides itself on, on its diversity and include, uh, inclusion of everybody, all different cultures. But, uh, I, I do still believe like South Asians are underrepresented, uh, in the WWE. You know, one in five people walking on earth right now are, are South Asian, are South Asian heritage. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a huge chunk of the population. A lot yeah, of people. yeah. So if <laughs> diversity matters, then it matters for everybody and it should be equal, right? So, you know, we just want our seat at the table to represent our culture, represent our people. And India in itself is such a diverse country. There's so many different languages and cultures within India. So all three of us, you know, we, we represent a different part. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, and I hope, uh, I, I was hearing rumblings of, of possibly like a performance center opening up in India. I know we have the NXT to Europe opening up. So I would love for, you know, NXT Asia and NXT India uh, to, to maybe be next. Makes sense. We're just in Puerto Rico. I mean, we're headed to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, then London. What about a premium live event in New Delhi? What would that be like? Yeah, that was, it, it would be incredible. The last time we had a show there was in 2017. I got to uh, wrestle Triple H. It wasn't a premium live event. It, it was a live event, but it, it would be incredible. We, we actually, we did do one during the, the pandemic era in the Thunderdome, uh, superstar spectacle. Yes. It was amazing. So much fun. So, I was it just was talking about that yeah. before. Yeah. We were having our pre, our pre uh, recording discussion and I was 
waxing poetic about it. I just thought it was so beautiful and the culture and the dancers and it was just so much fun. Everything about it was awesome. It was fun. It was it was feel good. The, the colors of Bollywood and it was it was incredible. The dancing and the basically the the, the culture. Yeah. Displaying the culture is incredible. Yeah, so much fun. I definitely hope to do it again soon. Real quickly on Indus Sheer and, and, and what it what it represents. You told me that Indus refers to one of the earliest civilizations on the planet, which you say now reflects modern India. What do you mean by that? Yeah, the, it's an ancient civilization, as you mentioned, one of the earliest civilizations ever in the Indus Valley. That's where the word in, India comes from, from Indus. Um, it's just oh, an okay. ancient civilization of, of just warriors uh, and, you know, uh, just slowly transforming into what is modern day India. You know, modern day India is, is, is so diverse and just rich in culture, but also at the same time, it's, it's very modern. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an incredible place. So just bringing that, the name Indus, Sher means lion. So lions of, of, of Indus, uh, and Indus itself. India itself represents many different cultures, many different people, different religions, and it's uh, it's an incredible honor. A lot more than just a cool nickname. Yes. <laughs> it's very, very interesting. Talk to us a little bit about Sangha and Veer uh, as people. I, I know Veer fairly well because of his, his run on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Sangha, I know of, but I'm still learning about it. Both of these guys have some pretty intense backgrounds in their native lands. They do, they do. And uh, Veer, the first ever... Indian to be drafted in the MLB, Pittsburgh Pirates, right? My Pittsburgh yeah, yeah. Pirates. <laughs> so just an incredible athlete, a world-class athlete. He was a javelin thrower before, uh, prior to MLB at, at national level, national level javelin thrower. Sangha is a, uh, kickboxing champion and an actor. So yeah, he, he is. So he's like the Jean-Claude Van Damme of India. You know, <laughs> even better. Yeah, yeah. Except six, eight, 320 pounds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to keep that in my back pocket. <laughs> good, good frame of reference. Incredible athlete, both very humble human beings. Uh, you know, just they and they want to do it all. Like they're super motivated. They're, they they have that mindset already, and uh, uh, that's a huge huge advantage in itself. You know, they they want to make a name for themselves and represent um, their their countries and their cultures and their families and and the WWE universe in India. Let me ask you this, Jinder, at this stage in your career slash life, you're a bit older, you've got a little more experience, you're also growing into and embracing a new role. What does Jinder Mahal want? What do the next year, two, three look for, look like for Jinder? <laughs> There's one championship that has evaded me my whole career, and that is the Intercontinental Championship. So, Gunter... Monday Night Raw has his two uh, running mates, the Imperium, the Maharaja, right? Yeah, in the chair. So, yeah, definitely. And, and, and you know what? Since I've, uh, if, you know, not if, when I become Intercontinental Championship, the only championship that is left before I become a Grand Slam champion would be the Tag Team Championship. So, you know, maybe we can get a little Freebird rules going. <laughs> and uh capture it. yeah I, I like it i i'm i'm here for it absolutely and, and weirdly enough weirdly this is this is incredibly bizarre this is not related to anything aside from the fact that just now at eleven twenty six a.m i received a text the first text in i don't know how long from sunil singh oh okay asking me about hockey cards 
So shout out, shout out to the Sings. I know they still keep in touch and they're listening. So I hope they're doing really well. How random is yeah, that? That's random, yeah. I haven't spoken to those guys in forever. They had no idea we were having this interview and I just got that right now. Pretty wild. Yeah, that's incredible. Hey, Jinder, on Monday Night Raw, just over a week ago, you look so comfortable uh, as the mentor, as the manager nearly for Indusheer as you guys approach the, the squared circle and you made your way over to the commentary desk. And I thought, man, if this is the direction you're going to go as well as in-ring, we see MVP do it. We see Paul Heyman do it to an incredible level, next level, level. But Jinder Mahal has that potential too. Is that something you're interested in? Uh, yeah, definitely. Someday I, I, when my when my in-ring career is over, definitely I would love to um, you know, mentor future superstars in a way. And it, it would keep me active. I, I love being out there. I love being a part of WWE. I love traveling. I, you know, it's... I'm, I'm addicted to the lifestyle in a way. I love it. I love going to random gyms and all these different cities. I love being on the road. Uh, I love the, the overseas tours, being on the bus with, with everybody is, you know, it's, it's, it's like family, the, com- the, the camaraderie we have with everybody in the back from the crew guys to the superstars in the, in the locker rooms, everybody like, even the catering department, I'm such good friends with. So. No, it's incredible. I, I, w- I would love to uh, be a manager of some sort or maybe even I work backstage as a producer. I, I think I would really enjoy that, just just helping out, even off camera. But uh, I think I still have a long, uh, long time left still in the ring. I, I can still perform at a high level. I stay in shape at any time the suit can come off and... And, you know, the Maharaja is, is, is ready in shape and able at all times to, to still, you know, even challenge for the, the world heavyweight championship. The Maharaja is always ready. I was hoping, I was listening to your answer as you and I was going, this is a really, really long-winded, nice way of saying, no, I'm not done yet, Kevin. <laughs> so we got there. Very, very cool. Love it. Well, Jinder, where can uh, the ATB fans find you on social media? Yeah, uh, at Instagram, at Jinder Mahal, Twitter, at at, uh, Jinder Mahal also. Yeah, just at Jinder Mahal, Twitter, Instagram. And we know you're a busy guy. You've been a busy guy even since I've met you, non-WWE world, in real life, so to speak. What are you up to these days when we're not watching you uh, commanding into sheer? Uh, just training, dieting, just, uh, just becoming the best uh, version of myself, reading lots, podcasts, everything, working on, uh, just knowledge. I, I just love learning about everything. I get in, like weird wormholes and I got to learn everything about this one topic. So I'm always learning business, real estate, investments, is Maharaja's into a little bit into everything. Does it all. <laughs> I do it all. It does it all, KP. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on, Jinder. Jinder, leave us. Leave us with one thing for the WWE universe that are listening in the morning. They've got a busy day ahead of them to go and attack their day and make the best out of it. Any advice for anyone listening here today? And I asked that question for me here because I'm about to go catch a flight and I've got a busy day myself heading back to the kids. So come on, hit me with some motivation, Jinder. Actually, my motive, my advice for motivation is motivation is BS. Build habits. Yeah, get into get into habits, and your habits will carry you through the times that you're not motivated. That's my advice. And you know what? Smart. You can start small. Like a lot of people, they they see like, oh, I got to change, but it's like a big mountain in front of them. No, you you attack it like step by step. You know, you don't you don't got to jump right in. Just ch- small daily changes become habits, and and they compound. There, there's an excellent book. It's called The Compound Effect. Encourage everybody to check it out. There we go. The compound effect. 
We will make sure we check it out, Jinder. I appreciate your time. We appreciate your time. We're excited to see what you and Indus Share are capable of on Monday Night Raw going forward. You're always welcome here on After the Bell, man. Yeah, awesome. I This is my first time on uh, After the Bell. Exactly. Yeah, let's do it again, guys. Uh, I, I was waiting for my turn, actually. I didn't say anything, but uh, I'll see all these superstars on After the Bell. I was like... <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. I apologize it took this long. KP kept pushing it back. I don't know. It was weird. I was like, gender, gender, gender. He's like, no, no, we can't do that yet. People, okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, when the time is right. Yeah, you know how it goes. Exactly, exactly. No, all good, guys. Appreciate it. We'll do it again. I appreciate you, gender. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell, WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan. Listen for free wherever you get your podcast. Just search after the bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And just a reminder, full episodes of ATB are available on the official WWE YouTube channel each and every Monday. And we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, more WWE after the bell. Yeah.